1: Where you go Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion, part of the E2C Network, a family of podcasts covering Auburn Athletics. Brought to you by the Auburn Baptist Campus Ministry, serving Auburn students since 1961, and also the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. I'm your host, Kyle Loomis, and tonight we're going to be discussing not just a win over the South Carolina Gamecocks taking revenge for Anthony McLemore and the loss that we suffered at their hands a few weeks ago. Not only are we celebrating a win over them, a win in general, we are celebrating tonight something that has not occurred to an Auburn men's basketball team in a decade plus. And I have brought along Clint Richardson, our usual co-host and my buddy here to break down all the action from an SEC championship team.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's a good thing we do this as a podcast and there's no video or else a lot of people would be seeing me crying again.
1: <laughs> did you seriously cry? Tears of joy? Yes.
0: I had a boy. It was and I'm not ashamed to mention it. I, I I I don't I don't try to say that I was the longest Auburn basketball fan. I'm not here to say I sat through more hell than anybody else, but just for everybody to have sat through the years of just Tony Barbie, the laughingstock of SEC basketball, um, all the bad times and many of the good times, it was just it was a culmination of everything coming out. I mean, this is the first real success that Auburn has had inside Auburn Arena. Uh, to know what the jungle has done this year and that I was a part of it that I helped lay that foundation to what they did this season. It was, it was a very emotional moment.
1: <laughs> I can completely understand that there. Um, it's, it's something that I can remember the days we've said it all throughout this year, making comparisons to the Chris Porter years, to the Mamadou Njai, uh, the Damien Fishbag days. And, uh, while this team is vastly different in their style Uh, there is a lot of similarities in their character and their heart and what they've been able to accomplish. Um, So tonight I do want us, I want us to do a couple things tonight, Clint, because there's a lot to talk about. I want us to revel in the fact that we won an SEC championship. I want to talk a little specifically about the game, but I also want us to talk a little bit about an SEC tournament and how it's going to go now. So we have got a ton to cover, so let's not waste Any further time, I'm going to give a quick overview. Unfortunately, for those of you who did not get to watch, did not get to see, did not get to hear anything that happened in this game, I'm going to give you a quick breakdown. The first half, everything that's been happening these last few games for Auburn was terrible. It was a shooting drought again. We went oh for however many. Just nothing was going to fall from the three point arc, and much less from anything except the free throw line. But then. Auburn leaned on what they have done well in other areas, which is forcing turnover rebounds and free throws, and they crawled back with a with a uh, only a lead over them above 35 to 37, the Gamecocks having the edge going into halftime. Second half, both teams came out trading punches, and what we've seen happen finally started happening again for this Auburn team, slowly pushing away with the comfortable lead behind the raucous crowd that was at Auburn Arena that night with your final score 79 to 70. Auburn winning the game. Their overall record is now 25 and 6 on the year. SEC record of 13 and 5. Now, Clint, I would have liked for us to have flipped everyone's prediction of 4 and 14 to (laughs) 14 and 4, but hey, I will take a 13 and 5 SEC record.
0: I would have taken it more so because then we wouldn't have to worry about sharing this title with Tennessee also.
1: And that is a little bit of a, a bummer about this. But let's be honest, if there is a team out there in the SEC we had to share it with, I'm glad it was them.
0: Yeah, and Coach Pearl said that almost immediately, is that you know Auburn is honored to share it with uh, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee made just about as big of a uh, turnaround this year as Auburn did. Um, actually saw some Tennessee fans jumping in Auburn message boards saying, We're glad to share it with you guys and nobody else. We both hate Bama. We both hate Georgia. Let's just be friends on this
1: one. That's very true. Uh, This I'm trying to struggle with where to start on this one, kind of analyzing the game here. Uh, What was your feeling going into that whole drought again? Were you in panic mode watching that happen over and over again?
0: I was. um, There was a lot of they're still doing this. They're doing the exact same thing they did the last time we saw them. We're still not able to really do much. And, you know, you go back to the first time we played South Carolina. Auburn didn't play terribly. I mean, we shot pretty poorly, but we've still kept it a decent game. This time, it was a much closer game, even though the struggles were still there. They weren't awful. Um, you know, just kept thinking, who's going to step up? Who's going to just change this entirely, whether that's on Auburn side or even South Carolina. So I was just waiting on one team to just make a run and just finish this game out. And, uh, you know, going into halftime felt pretty good, only down two, um, you know, and then probably the last eight minutes of the game is when it really hit me. I I kept thinking, I don't feel good. <laughs> I don't feel good at all my heart's in my stomach we can't let this opportunity slip away and i, I was a nervous wreck for the last eight or nine minutes of gameplay
1: oh i totally would have been a nervous wreck too and i wish i could play the gif if this was a video podcast the one we have of you clutching your chest yeah <laughs> at the softball game those years ago you know that one never just loses its appeal so we're always going to have yeah, that. that's always in bank fitting here.
0: for auburn athletics, anyways
1: Yes, it is. You know, no matter how good our teams may be, they always seem to kind of make us worry just a little bit here. Let's look at some of these keys to, uh, to victory that I have to see how we did. Did we win the rebound battle? No, we lost at 36 to 41. We had 83% from the free throw line. I, I want to see 75, so they far exceeded that. We had fewer turnovers, 12 to 20. That's a high turnover game as a total for both teams, but 20. By the Gamecocks is a ton, and shows you how into this game defensively Auburn was. And then we were not able to keep them under 33 percent from the three point arc. They shot 39. If I'm honest, Clint, the thing that kept worrying me is again how well another team was shooting from the three point arc against Auburn.
0: Yeah, and you know it wasn't it wasn't as extreme as the last couple of games. Of just about every time they run down the court, they make a shot, and that was the most heartbreaking part about the game in South Carolina being there live was you could feel the momentum start to change. You could feel the Carolina crowd start to quiet down a little bit. Auburn start getting a little confidence and making a little bit of a run. And, you know, we, we get it down to a 10 point game. We make a little four point run and then just a three pointer from nowhere, a covered three pointer. And they kind of did the same thing last night. Um, they threw up a couple of prayers. Um, their number. You mean that
1: dead bird that banked in from nowhere?
0: <laughs> yeah, that one. Um, <clears throat> number five, Frank Booker was just a madhouse. I mean, five of twelve from three pointers. I mean, he he went off for twenty seven points and he he had a double double and I mean, he was he was a blast to watch, especially Hill and uh, Silva. That combo were. Just very hard to defend. And, you know, if it wasn't, I feel like I say this a lot about SEC opponents, but if this wasn't the game that decided it, if this wasn't a team that we struggled against, if this wasn't a coach that Coach Pearl even said has his number, that would be two guys that a lot of Auburn fans and a lot of basketball fans would just purely enjoy to watch play.
1: Yes, they were very deadly that night, and they were the top two scorers for the South Carolina Gamecocks. Myers was the third with 11 points total. My feeling is, is that they are missing one more piece to have made that, not just a great duo, but then an outstanding trio. They needed some kind of star guard to really kind of take some of the pressure off because Silva's their big man. Booker's bigger. He's just kind of a bigger shooter. So they, I felt like they really could have had a triangle working there. Well, and yes, they, they had that had last it. year. So, they did. I mean, and you make what... you make
0: that final four run that they made last year. They had those pieces, and you can tell where they were hurting with the guys who left and graduated, and uh, the guys that just haven't stepped up in um, as the young freshmen and recruiting and all that kind of stuff. So, this was a down year for South Carolina, finishing eleventh in the conference. But it this will be the rarity for that Frank Martin team. They will not be the bottom four teams in the in the conference anymore.
1: No, I completely agree and I'm I'm glad that Frank Martin is part of this conference because he seems like a real as far as I can tell, a stand-up guy. Coach Pearl really values their friendship with each other and he puts quality teams on the floor wherever he goes. So it's going to be fun watching the two of them, just like it's going to be fun watching Avery Johnson at Alabama with Coach Pearl. There's a lot of good coaches developing, not just rela- good relationships with each other, but putting good products on the floor for the SEC, ultimately working in the favor of all these teams, which we're going to see when we get into March Madness. I think specifically with this game, though, we kind of talked a lot about how well Silva did, how well Booker did. But I think one of the biggest things that I hope people notice defensively in this game is how much of a better job we did fronting their big men and then providing backside help when they tried to lob the ball in there. It, quite frankly, resulted in Silva getting to a lot of frustration and eventually fouling out.
0: Yeah, and it was obvious there in person that he he went for 19 points and 11 rebounds, but it felt like he wasn't able to do much. Um, He... Was responsible for eight of their twenty turnovers. Uh, Chuma had one heck of a block on him from the bat side that somehow wasn't called for a foul because officiating in, in basketball is horrendous. Um, but yeah, I was I was very happy to see how well Auburn and Coach Pearl adjusted to Silva um, that nightmare defense that we stuck with in Carolina was nowhere to be found and changes were made top to bottom and that's what allowed
1: Auburn to win this ball game. Absolutely I mean this was a complete adjustment the entire way around and I saw a little bit in the beginning of Auburn trying to shoot their way out of a scoring slump and that is the thing that frustrates us the most because that's what the old Auburn teams used to do so that discouraged me a little bit but Lo and behold, here comes Bryce Brown, finally feeling a little bit better after all the injuries, after all the slump he's been in, and then he just finally hits a rhythm. I think hit like five in a row or something like that from beyond the three-point arc, and then it was just off to the races for Auburn after that. I mean, what an amazing way to march towards your first SEC championships! Then your what has arguably been your best player this year get into that bit of a hot streak to end the game.
0: Not just to win the game but to surpass a thousand career points for Bryce Brown and I mean this kid has put in so much work for Auburn um kid that came out of high school with offers from the lights of Georgia State and South Alabama and and just one lone power five team in Auburn and thankfully coach Pearl took a chance on him and convinced him to come to town and he's just flourished in this program he uh, had a fantastic freshman year, struggled a lot at the beginning of the sophomore year, and now in his junior season has just taken over. this. Uh, if this wasn't Mustafa's team like it was last year, this is definitely Bryce Brown's team.
1: And as Bryce has tended to go this year, so the team has gone. And when he struggled, they have struggled. I mean, he is one of those key um, just— areas that we cannot afford to slump in because of the lack of size the lack of death right now and then you hear all these things lack of size lack of death for auburn and they just keep defying the odds and that goes credit to the coaching staff every one of the players from the bench onward that has bought into the idea that we are not what they label us as four and 14 we are much better than that we are sec champions and i think coach pearl said it best if you've seen some of the clips of obviously when they were celebrating after it and um, some of the locker room, one of the things he said before the game is he said, it's about time that there was a banner hanging from this arena. Yes. And boy, was he right. And we will finally see that happen for Auburn. It doesn't, you know, I I'm interested. I'm obviously invested and hoping, wishing that Auburn does something amazing in the SEC tournament, the big dance. But the fact that that banner will hang from the, rafters forever is the recognition that this team deserves even if they accomplish nothing else
0: i mean coach pearl said it after the game this team made history for just not even because of the championship and because of the wins but because of what they did after all they went through to start the year off with a trip to italy and an fbi investigation and two of your best players ruled ineligible for the entire season And to be predicted almost last in the conference, not to do anything but just to barely compete, win a couple of games just to make the fans happy, um, to have offered refunds to season ticket holders, and, and to still have sold out half of the games at home. I mean, everything this team went through, it was not easy, and they just continued to look forward to fight and just to play for the name on the front of their jerseys and make every Auburn fan proud
1: this season. And speaking of playing for something more than just yourself, obviously playing for your team, your school, um, you're playing for guys on your last home game that have been there since the beginning and have meant something to you. And you know exactly where I'm going with this, Clint. We have to spend some time talking about what has been I know some people won't think it, some people won't believe it, but I believe truly an integral part of this team, this team's chemistry, and this team's success, and that is one senior, Patrick Kime. You have, if you would not had him there, I'm not certain that some of the the troubles that they've gone through, whether it's the FBI investigation, the injuries, the fatigue, the slumps, you name it. I think because of guys like Patrick Kime. This is why this team was able to overcome as much as they did.
0: No doubt, and you know, it's if anybody wants to argue what you said that he was an integral part of this team, I, I can't wait to see them because I will argue day and night for a man like Patrick Kime to. I mean, I don't. You can't say enough about this kid. Comes in as a preferred walk-on, fights every day just to make it onto the court. Um, you know, he, he's said it time and time again, that his reward isn't points. It's not in the stat sheet. It's not even putting on the Jersey, it's relationship based. And, you know, they played that little feature on Pat before the game from when he was rewarded with his scholarship back in November. And I don't think there was a dry eye in the house. I've seen it a hundred times and it's still emotional. Um, I was very, very happy with the reception that Pat got when he got called out. Um, <clears throat> even the Auburn Superfans, the crew that paints up, uh, painted up for this game with we heart kime. And, you know, just, you can, it's it's easy to overlook the walk-ons, the kids that never get any playing time, but I don't think any player has meant more to a team than Patrick Kime to the sovereign basketball program. Just like you said, he he was integral. He he did everything he could to be the scout team. Um, you know, if there's one thing he could do to make this team better, he was going to do it. Um, he he was he said going into the game, he just wants to be remembered for loving people, and he certainly did. I mean, I said it on here many times. I would say hi to Pat after the games. And I I don't even know if he would know my name, but it's like we were best friends for years. Uh, Pat's just one of the best guys in the world. And if there's somebody that doesn't like him, come at me. Let's have have at it.
1: (laughs) I think that's an argument people are not going to win with either of us and probably the majority of the Auburn fan base. He is a beloved figure on this team and will be for some time. He will not be remembered for his points. Uh, his shooting ability, anything but he will remember for his investment in his team, and most importantly, his investment in these people. So I give a hearty thank you, and we are so grateful for you, Pat, for walking through this journey from the very beginning of the Bruce Pearl era and leading us to what has been already a great season, but hopefully will be even more. So I think we can't end that discussion of that game, the championship, any better than talking about Pat. But let's talk about Clint. What's that? Do you have one more thing? Yeah, one more thing. Pat wasn't the
0: only player to get um, recognized for Senior Day. Um, There were actually five managers that got recognized, including former player Trey Tate. Um, I I think four of the five managers had all been managers of the team for a year or two. But there was one guy that was a manager for four years, good friend of mine, former roommate, uh, Tom, Thomas Northcutt, and I mean, it was just, it was such a great thing just to see him get honored and have his day as well, and uh, just th- this was a team effort from top to bottom. And you ask the managers, they put in a lot of work,
1: no doubt there. and I'm glad that you remembered to call them out because I failed as the host co-host. Come here, on, Kyle, the, you know I dropped the ball. Uh, consistently, uh, so which is probably why I didn't make it too far in my basketball career. Anyway, let's talk (laughs) about this SEC tournament coming up, and Auburn has the luxury for the first time in what feels like forever of just sitting back for two days and watching the rest of the SEC destroy each other. It is probably the nicest feeling. that I have had in quite some time. Your team is not just on a double bye. Your team is the number one seed in the SEC. Clint, what were the chances that was going to be said at the beginning of the season? Very low.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's it's so awesome to look at this bracket and Auburn not play on day one. I mean, I've gone to, I want to say, two tournaments in Nashville uh, because it's always around my birthday, so I always – you know, When my family lived in Huntsville, it was always a nice hour and a half trip, and it was just always upsetting to see Auburn just get one and done, bounced immediately, and, and just not do anything. And that's why the 2015 run with KT Harrell and that team was just so much fun. Um, I really wish I could have been there for that one. Unfortunately, there's no way I'll be able to make the trip to St. Louis. No. Um <laughs> Still not happy that they moved it out there, but Nashville is just the perfect place for this tournament. But, you know, just to look at the schedule, and Auburn doesn't play until Friday. And <clears throat> the one bad thing is that we're stuck playing the, the 12 o'clock game, whereas Tennessee gets 6 o'clock. And I, I, I mean, I'm going to have to do whatever I can to watch this game. I'm not sure if I'll be able to, but, um, Just the the bracket itself, it's not going to be easy. Auburn's going to get stuck playing the winner of number eight, Texas A&M, and number nine, Alabama. And uh, which one do you go with? Who do you want to pull for? Neither, (laughs) to be honest with you. I mean, um, Texas A&M is a matchup nightmare for Auburn, and they proved it when we played them. Um, But I think we could beat both of them. Uh, I feel more confident in Alabama, but you never know what those guys have up their sleeves. Um, But you know, there's been some talk online that this tournament doesn't really mean much for Auburn right now. You've already got the trophy. You've already got the banner. Uh, This would just be a second one of those, and honestly, this is the one that I would prefer to have. Um, But, you know, Auburn gets a lot of rest right now, not playing... Until Friday, if if Auburn still wins, you're only you're playing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then depending on what day or where Auburn is seated for the NCAA tournament, they won't play again until Thursday or Friday. So you could ultimately have, if things just don't go Auburn's way, you could have one game in two weeks, and for a team that has fought fatigue and lots of minutes. I can see the argument that that's not going to be the worst thing in the world going into the bid dance.
1: Yeah, it's going to be, I think, integral because with the. The depth issues here, I think the fewer games that you play leading into the big dance is only going to work in your favor. You would sometimes think the opposite because you might not be as fresh. You might not be as tuned in if you're not playing all the time. But I would argue for this team, that is the most important thing right now is to not overextend yourself. And now that being said, I want them to give everything they can to get this tournament win. And I, like you said, I mean, I think you pretty much gave all my points already. This couldn't have been a worse setup for Auburn to have to take on either Texas A&M or Alabama, two teams that have beaten you and two teams that are matchup nightmares for you. And then you go over to the other side of the bracket here, and then you look at uh, Tennessee, who's got to take on the winner of Mississippi State and LSU. Neither of them are terrible, but I would much rather have had that set up right there because that is... When you consider as well on Auburn's side of the bracket, they would have to take on Kentucky if they beat Alabama or Texas A&M. So the road to the SEC tournament championship for Auburn is not easy, but hey, what has been this season?
0: There was an article out a couple of months ago about a uh, semi-professional hockey league that will actually let teams pick their opponent in the postseason tournament. So the number one seed gets to pick which opponent they want to play and, you know, you think about it, and it sounds kind of silly, but the reasonings given in the article were that, you know, you could have a team that finishes in the five seed, but they just lost the last six games or whatever, and they were the number one seed. Or you have a team that finishes fourth seed, and they're on an upswing after struggling struggle in the beginning of the year. They're resting a player. So, I I mean, part of me wishes that Auburn had that chance right now, because, having to pick between um, Alabama and Texas a and I don't think that's the best choice right now for the number one seed.
1: No, but if Auburn's biggest area of concern is how they play against big men, this couldn't have been, you know, in one regard, a better way to make sure they are ready for that going into the big dance because we've seen all these SEC teams. We, we've known what we were going to run into them, but we don't know what type of teams we're going to run into in the big dance. So I would say you need to fight where your weaknesses are getting more prepared for the big dance here. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. a series of questions. Uh-oh. These aren't and on some the votes. Of the, these, these are predictions. Oh, no. I want to know who wins the game between Alabama and Texas A&M. <clears throat> who are we taking on in your, in your feeling?
0: Oh, boy. That's, I mean, an 8-9 seed is the toughest to pick. <laughs> in this tournament and uh, the bid dance. But uh, I, I think Auburn's going to want to play Alabama. But I think Texas a and going to win the game.
1: I'm the opposite way, Clint. I think Alabama wants not just to beat Texas A&M. I think they want the opportunity to ruin something for Auburn. You're going to tell me that those players aren't jacked up to try to have another chance at us after what we did to them on our home court? I think there's a lot of vengeance that is wanting to be had by this Alabama Crimson Tide team. So I'm going to say Alabama is the upset and plays Auburn in the quarterfinals. And so that, if,
0: if they wanted, I mean, they after their first win against Auburn, they were saying, we'll beat them again. We'll whoop them again on their home court. And they laid an egg. And they've been laying eggs the last 10 games. And I, I don't think that they have an opportunity to even look forward to Auburn right now. If they don't take care of business against AM, there's no way they're even making the NCAA tournament.
1: Well, we'll find out. I'm glad there's a little bit of difference on our part so we can have one of us be right and the other rub it in its face. Okay. That's probably <laughs> not
0: going to be me. Yeah,
1: we'll see. What about this question? Does Auburn make it to the championship game?
0: <clears throat> oh, boy. Well, if, if Chuck holds throughout the tournament, the Saturday game would be Auburn-Kentucky. And as... Difficult as Kentucky can be, I, I, I'm i not too worried about them. I think Auburn can handle them. Calipari uh, might put some postseason magic into play, and they'll run the table, but I think Auburn can handle that. Um, and then you would have, what is it, uh, Tennessee and Florida on the bottom half? Most
1: likely, yeah.
0: <clears throat> Again, if Chalk holds, that's Tennessee. I don't know if I want to face Tennessee right now. Um, so if Auburn mates it to the SEC championship game on Sunday, I'm going to say yes, but I'm not
1: ready to make a prediction on winning. Well, that's too bad because I'm going to ask you for one, what you're feeling right now. But hold on a second. Let uh, me give you my thoughts leading into that. I think that the Texas A&M Alabama game is going to go in favor of Alabama. I think that's going to be such an emotionally draining game for this team with not wanting to lose to your arch rival, I think they would come out on top. I think they that's their best in their favor. I, think. I hope it goes think. into
0: three overtimes.
1: I Yeah, it could. It could. That's kind <laughs> of my point. I think that coming into the semifinals against most likely a Kentucky team, they have way too much talent not to take advantage of a very tired, emotionally drained Tigers, and I think that Kentucky would end up in... The, and the uh, SEC championship game against most likely a Tennessee for what would still be a great matchup, but I do want to see Ty, uh, uh, Auburn there to take on Tennessee. Um, so I do not have us in the championship game. I'm being a little pessimistic, I know, but you have a chance j- uh, to make us feel good. Does Auburn win the SEC tournament championship? <clears throat> first, First gut reaction.
0: My heart says yes. My brain says no.
1: I think your brain's the smart one then. Tennessee is super deadly. This is a completely different team than when we faced at the very beginning of the season. We were so lucky to beat them when we did and have that tiebreaker, or this could have been a completely different season. Yeah,
0: and I mean, it was the same thing early on in the season. Like you said, Arkansas was a good early on matchup. Tennessee was the best early on matchup we could have had. Uh, We picked... We picked up Texas A&M at the worst time, um, but yeah, I, I I'm scared of Tennessee. I think I think Tennessee's the best team in the conference right now. Um, you know, you give you give Auburn back Anthony me, I think that might change. Um, yeah, I think I think I think Tennessee is going to be deadly in St. Louis and also in the NCAA tournament wherever they end up. Uh, they're their final four caliber team right now, and again, if you've got number twenty four with Auburn, I think the Tigers also are. Um how far they go in the tournament right now, I'm not sure. Auburn's Auburn's played around with too much luck right now. Um you can't afford to have shooting slumps when it's a single elimination tournament and that's all we've got the rest of the year.
1: It's going to be very interesting to see how this Tiger team responds to adversity and a slump that probably will happen at some point. Can they rise above it like they did in the South Carolina game, or will they falter and end a little more quickly than we were expecting? All these questions are going to be answered. Your next opportunity to watch your Tigers is going to be Friday, March the 9th, against the winner of Alabama, Texas A&M, noon central time is what it says on here on my sheet. So 1 o'clock Eastern time, the game will be on ESPN if you cannot make it. And want to watch it, but we'll see what happens in the upcoming game. Good luck to our Auburn Tigers. Before we get out of here, Clint, let's give our contact information. You can find me on Twitter at TigerEye24. Where can they find you?
0: You can follow me on Twitter at ClintAU24, and you can check out my website, the Auburn Uniform Database, at
1: AuburnUniforms.com. And this is your final chance, Clint, to change anything that you want to say is your final chance to answer where does auburn finish in the sec tournament second i say third yeah, we always find our way back home. that's gonna do it for this episode on the e2c network thank you so much for taking the time to tune into our show a couple reminders for you listeners before we head out today if you're interested in joining the E2C Network team, make sure you give us an email at e2cnetwork at gmail.com, and we'd be happy to discuss that with you. Also, make sure you're checking out the variety of episodes on our podcast we have coming out each week, as well as our blog posts on e2cnetwork.com. Specifically, make sure you're checking out Facebook Live sessions that we have called E2C Live and Auburn Fan Chat, where you, the listener, can get involved in the show and have your voice heard. If you're interested in connecting with us and giving us feedback, there are a variety of ways to do that. First, go online to iTunes at SoundCloud and Google Play. Please subscribe there and give us reviews there as well. It helps spread the show and lets us know how we're doing. If you're looking to find us on social media, you can do so at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even YouTube. Just type in E2C Network and that'll get you there. Once again, our email is e 2 at gmail.com and our website, e 2 cnetworkcom And I want to thank the Auburn BCM and the Auburn Uniform Database once again. And thank you, the listeners, for tuning in each and every week. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle.